Yo, yo, yo. King James, you there? What's up, man? How are you? Man, we got a live pod today in Ooh. honor of the Lakers and LeBron James. One more game. Man, did you see that backdoor cover last night from Tyler Hero? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that that is a perfect segue for our newest sponsor, Analytics Capper. Uh, they're sponsoring our episode today of Six Pains Podcast. Welcome, guys. Um, Analytics Capper is all about getting you the right place to make uh, when you're looking into sports betting. There's legalization across many states, uh, websites launching, and that's where Analytics Cappers comes in. They have state-of-the-art data analytics, um, real-life experience. They have crazy algorithms, so they can give you the best bets every single day. Uh, they got the website up. That's analyticscapper.com, uh, and their Twitter handle is the same, Analytics Capper, kind of like a handicapper. And you can sign up for various plans, uh, daily, weekly, monthly. There's subscription packages, and just make sure that you're ready for um, taking the, taking advantage of the best spread that you see, the best parlays, the best bets, uh, and, and don't get beat by something like Tyler, Tyler Hero's last second three. Uh, once again, that's Analytics Capper, C-A-P-P-E-R. Check them out. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Albie, the Lakers are up 3-1 in the finals. I don't know what happened. We missed even we though missed, was, uh, podcast. Even though I was joking, but once LeBron wins on Friday night. Wow, wow. Does this, does this push Jordan out of the top three? Okay. Let's let's take it easy. <laughs> why would why would that push him? He's uh, sitting at three that. right now, in my opinion. He's <laughs> on the outside on the Mount Rushmore, but he gets four, three different teams. This bubble championship should count as like five. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how to tackle uh, everything you just said. That's um, that's a lot to process. I I think the bubble championship definitely counts as a. You know, it's it's a one plus. It's it's not a single championship. And same with the 2016 Cavs championship. That's also a, I mean, beating the that Warriors team. That's probably a double right there. Yep. Um, and then, what's his finals record right now? Three and six? Three and five? Three and six, right? Six. Can't believe he's been to ten finals already. But if he if he's at four and six with a couple doubles in there, I mean, that's pretty incredible. He's been to nine out of the last ten finals. Yep. Oh boy. Um, we'll get to LeBron in a second. Let's talk more about the rest of the series. So we wanted to kind of chat after every game. Never happened. Um, and kind of breaking it down, game one, um, the Heat started off really hot, and then the Lakers came back and took over, and it was over. Um, it was like immediately over after they took the lead. And then the, the two of the three most important players on the Heat um, went down with injury. Uh, that being said, game two was a pretty tough struggle for the Heat. Um, they started to come back towards the end of the game, made it a challenge, couldn't bring them all the way back. Game three, Jimmy Butler went nuts, and they finally got a win. And then game four, the Heat looked really good. Like It, it felt like a, it was an awesome game. I thought it was competitive throughout. Um, you saw guys making plays. The Heat just obviously didn't have enough without Dragic there, with Bam not at 100%. But let's talk about the X factors, because I think that's um, really the most compelling thing to me, uh, besides, obviously, LeBron, Anthony Davis, the stars. Um, who do you see as the biggest X factors so far in the series? I mean, after these four games, I think we all have been blown away and kind of pleasantly surprised at how Jimmy Butler's been playing. Like, we were always very high on him, um, like we said on the previous podcast, because of his demeanor, the way he just um, fights and grinds and just the way he plays basketball, but the last four games on the biggest stage, 
Um, he realizes he doesn't have Goron or Bam. Um, he's taken some of that scoring load, which is really cool to see because the guy is, you know, 6'7", 230, super athletic. Uh, he could take anyone off the dribble on the Lakers. So it's it's cool to see him um, kind of take that next step and really realize that he is, if, if it's, if you include LeBron sometimes, Jimmy could be the best player on the court, you know? So um, it's good to see that. I mean, the as far as X Factor, that's kind of like below the radar, to me is Duncan Robinson. Um, mm. If he is hitting threes and he he hasn't been, I think his, his percentage is like crazy low. I don't know, Timmy, if you know it offhand, but yeah. I've seen like three of 13s and four of 15s, like a lot of crazy shots he hit a huge bank bank three last night that kept it close but mm-hmm. if he's not hitting 40 percent um i don't think miami has a chance yeah so I, I guess jimmy um has definitely delivered and we you know we talked on the podcast before the finals about how he is not you know a number one option i, I think that's still true like he's probably the you know in an outstanding 1B or a, or a 2, right? Uh, but he's really stepped it up, especially in Game 3 there. Game 4, he had a lot of problems with Anthony Davis guarding him, you know, one of the best defenders in the league. But it's been really impressive to see what Jimmy's been able to do. I think there's definitely flaws in his game with, you know, any guy that's not a number, you know, top 5 or 7 player in the league. Um, the fact that he doesn't even look at the basket when he's at the 3-point line, um, Jeff Van Gundy keeps talking about it. Why, why is that? Because I, I don't know. I haven't watched them like this closely, obviously, but I Me felt either, yeah. he's always taken at least two, three, four threes a game. He's, like, yeah. he's not DeMar DeRozan. He, you know? That's exactly what he's doing right now. Like, he's standing there at three-point line with, like, six feet of space, and he's not yeah. even considering it. Yeah, they're giving it to him. It's it, He needs to be able to shoot a couple, because I think he's, like... He can he can get up to 33, 35%, especially on open threes. And I think he needs to do that for the defense to respect him. And that'll change the game, I think, a lot. He took, like, one open three in the corner last night, which he missed. Man, if he made that, I feel like that would have changed his confidence a little bit, too. Point. That was a yeah. six-point. Oh, right, yeah. And then KCP hit it. It was also a, a big difference. KCP is the X factor, man. Yeah, that was um, a six-point. Like I, I mentioned before the series, I, I didn't remember KCP making shots ever. Um, he has been on fire. Like I, I feel like every time I'm watching now, he's always making a big bucket. Um, I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm going to do it. Be, on that podcast, I did say that KCP has been playing really well. He deed up Jamal Murray and scored. And I told you that Markeith Morris was going to get a lot of run. And Markeith has been He's huge. been great. You know, like he is playing way above his level. They still start Dwight, but as soon as Dwight goes out, it's it's all Markeith. And then I think Markeith started the second half of this he, previous game. He did. I, I think he might start um, game five. I, I don't think Dwight is going to be in. Uh, but really, the Laker role players, I think, have been the X factors. Like Rondo and Caruso coming off the bench and just having high energy plays like tips offensive rebounds. I mean, they're they are doing everything to win the game, which is huge yeah. diving on the ground. Um, I, I feel like all those little factors here and there, that's really swung the series because it's so close. Ron, and like, Rondo is good for at least one or two steals on the defensive board, right? Like it'll be Bam has a huge rebound and then Rondo is like behind him. just. Yeah. He's good for at least one or two that every time. Yeah. So I, I think Laker players, in my opinion, have really over-delivered. Uh, besides, you know, Danny Green hasn't done anything. Kuzma, I think, had one good day, good game. Um, but I think the Heat players, 
uh, on the flip side of the coin have been asked to do too much. And, you know, it's not their fault. It's because there's no Dragic. Bam wasn't there for a while. So you're seeing way more Tyler Hero um, um, managing the game and trying to run the offense. And he's not ready to do that. It's very clear. Like he's the youngest starter ever in the NBA game. He's taking some terrible shots. He's playing awful defense. He is super talented and fun to watch, but he has way too big of a role on this team. And then seeing like Kendrick Nunn the past couple games, like, you know, he's got some bright spots here and there, but half the time I feel like he looks lost too. Um, What do you think it is about him? Because I think he should be getting more playing time. Is it just getting lost offensively or? I I, I don't feel like. Type of player where you just give him the ball and then you get out of the way. I don't feel like he's playing a team game, which Miami wants to do. Like, they're they're constant motion. They're trying to move the ball. They're running pick and rolls. Um, and I don't feel like Kendrick Nunn is doing that. I think he's playing great one-on-one ball. But I, I don't think he's playing within the flow of the offense very well. He needs to re- demand a trade, man. He needs a, he's a rookie. So I think he's got plenty of time to improve. I think that's the crazy thing about the Heat. Like, they're, they're playing Hero and Nunn a ton of minutes right now. And they won one of the games, and they got really close last night. Um, and then Duncan Robinson... Yeah, so big picture, they're 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 obviously the number one destination right now for free agency. But do you think that's gonna ruin this team, this mojo? Because they they are who they are because of their role players. And if you bring in another star, you know there's gonna be some discontentment there. I mean, it's like the Clippers this year, right? It's, de- it's definitely possible. Uh, I mean, who's the star? I guess that's the question. Who are they gonna have to get rid of? You have no idea what what will happen. I mean it. I guess the idea has always been Giannis for next season, but everybody is, you know, going to be targeting Giannis. We have no idea where he's going to go. I guess it's just a matter of who it ends up being. Giannis as a number two is is really legit. Giannis number two and Jimmy number two as well, or or is Jimmy going to be I'm the one saying, there? I'm just saying in general. I don't know if it's for Miami, but if Giannis joins a team with a legit number one option, there. yeah, I mean, we we number two in the history of the NBA. I know we he's started. Um, defensive player of the year, all of that. He's just, to me, he will never, ever, ever be a number one option. We talked, we, we started talking last time towards the end of the podcast about who the true number ones are. And we said, Jimmy's not one of them, right? We were talking about towards the end of the game, but I guess just looking at the NBA as a whole and just who you would want on your team as number ones, like how many of them are there? There's, there's Uh, LeBron is a no question. There's probably a Kawhi and Kevin Durant if he's healthy. Who else would you put up there? Lillard. Lillard. You'd put Lillard as the number one? Okay. Harden's the number one option. I would definitely put Lillard. I would definitely not put Harden. Yeah, sure. Luka's the number one option. Who's that? Luka. Luka is already a number one. Um, uh, uh, Steph Curry could be a number one. I mean... Curry relies on a lot of ball movement, too. Like, I, I don't... Sure. Yeah, I don't think Steph can, can do what Damian Lillard does. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Another discussion. I know there's a lot yeah. of during during Dame's rise. There's a lot of debate between who's better. Sure. Obviously, Steph has all of the accolades. Steph right now is getting slandered unjustifiably because I think he he is an amazing player once in a lifetime. Yeah. Um, but their skills are just different. Just because they shoot long threes doesn't mean they're similar players. They're just different skill wise. All right, too big of a tangent, too big of a tangent. Let's talk about one of our sponsors, uh, Loan Factory, and our buddy Billy Nguyen. Billy has been in the business for 
about 15 years now, I think. And he has a team of brokers based out of the Dallas area. Uh, they work for Loan Factory, which is a national company. They have the branch in Dallas. And they're here to get you the best loan rates uh, for you to finance or refinance your homes. They submit to a bunch of different lenders at once, and they get the best rates. Um, they've actually refinanced homes for all six pennies, me, you, and for Mock. Um, and they have all sorts of different loans, whether you're looking for something with no fees, uh, no costs, or um, you know, getting the best rates. So to contact Loan Factory, check out um, the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash loanfactoryhq. But make sure to call Billy first. His phone number is 469-585-4498. Again, that's Billy Nguyen. His number is 469-585-4498. You can check them out on our Facebook page, on the page I just mentioned, facebook.com slash loanfactoryhq, and also just at loanfactory.com. I do want to give a quick shout out to our third member. It's his birthday tomorrow. Oh, right. I think he's turning um, 30, 36. Man, maybe. I don't know. So uh, too, happy, too many to count at this point. Happy birthday to him. I hope he's uh, enjoying his time with his family. It's yeah. good. Happy birthday, Mark. All right, let's get to the most important thing. Well, no, let, let's talk about Anthony Davis first because we're going to get to LeBron in a second. But what, what? how do you feel about Anthony Davis after the first four games? The first two games he was... He was incredible. Um, games three and four, not nearly as good. So has your opinion changed at all on AD? Game three, he was riddled in, in foul trouble the entire game. So he didn't get to play much. Um, game four, he hit that really big three to ice the game. Yep. But um, my opinion really hasn't changed. Uh, he had he had that really, really big block on, on Jimmy at the end. His defense in general is, has been he's, killer. Visually, he's a great player. Um, do I think if you take LeBron out, would the Lakers even make the playoffs? The answer is no. Um, well, no. I mean, it's been proven. It was proven for seven years in New Orleans. Exactly. So um, I think the biggest, not even a, a debate, but like a discussion point was after those first two games, like how bad LeBron had to be for AD to win the MVP or the vice versa. How good AD How good, yeah. I feel like he needed to be at like 38, 38 and 13 or something. Yeah, game game three just basically iced it, gave, gave the award to LeBron. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so would you say that AD is a better number two than Giannis would be? Yeah, because AD can shoot. Oh, so can shoot AD through. is the greatest. Number two? The greatest yeah. number two? That's hard. I have to think about it, but and it's would not you consider play? Would you consider Dwayne Wade a number two during that run? He was a number two for four years, yeah. Would you consider Steph a number two during KD's reign? No, I would put them as 1A, 1B. They're, they're both ones. I, I guess you have to give it to one of the Lakers during Magic's run. You have to give it to Kareem. No, I mean, I think they're also 1A, 1B. <laughs> that, that's not a true number two. Like, the true number two is we know. Question. In... Modern day NBA, um, Anthony Davis is probably the best. I'm just waiting, waiting for how many guys you'll name before you get to our guy Scotty Pippen, man. <sighs> the slander. Anthony Davis is pretty incredible. I, I don't think my opinion has changed either. I think he is an incredible number two. He does all the the little things and some big things too. Every time he gets the ball and, sh- and is ready to shoot, I believe that it's going in. No matter who's guarding him, where he's standing, it doesn't matter. He's so tall and long, like, and his shot is so smooth. I, I just feel like it's always going to go in. And then when he's on defense, I don't feel like the other guy will ever score. So I, Long, yeah. Even it, a couple, 
couple foul calls on him where there were clean blocks, and it's just yeah. because it's his length. It's uh, one thing I would say in 2020 NBA that is so just like undervalued is having a big guy being able to grab the defensive rebound and not go, needing to throw it to a guard. Yeah. So it's, bam. It's a really big deal because bam is really good at this. Yeah. For example, like he'll grab the rebound and he can initiate the offense himself. Yeah. Whereas, and I'm not trying to slander or, or like make fun of Clint Capella, but let's say Capella on the Rockets, he would always have to find Harden, right? And it's it gets taxing 48 minutes of having to be the guy to bring the ball up. Having your big man do it is is really important. Yeah, I think that's important. I, I think the other thing is the defense is just not ready, right? So you have um, guys like, there's so many of them now. Like Jokic has been really good at that, but before that was... Yeah. Before that was Draymond. But I mean, even before that is like the Barkley and a couple other guys um, that could do it. All. Like KG could do that. So there's uh, there's definitely an advantage there because basically when you switch the roles, then you you put the defense where they're they're not ready to guard you, and then you're you're putting that big guy in a position where he's trying to guard somebody dribbling straight at him, which they're not used to. Unless you know that big guy is Anthony Davis trying to guard Bam, then he actually knows what to do. Um, How do you like? matchups in game four because it was anthony on jimmy and then bam on lebron um very intentional too it was anthony on jimmy and lebron on bam for the laker side right that's what they chose to do yes i mean it it feels like it worked really well like they they really need to shut down jimmy he is obviously in game three 40 points 40 point triple double like they knew that he was the guy they needed to shut down and ad is by far their best defender so that definitely worked i like that adjustment i don't know if it would work if uh if Dragic was around i feel like he is really i mean everybody obviously has said like oh you know they would have a better shot if Dragic was there i feel like things would change completely if you were there just because they need they don't have anybody else to start the offense yeah yeah you would never know because i mean so, even though Dragic is is out, which is a huge loss. You know I'm big on Dragic. I mean, this propels Tyler Hero to, to take his 25 shots a too game. Too much, man. Yeah, too much Hero. Hero is not only a sandwich, according to Mark Jackson. Um, okay, it's time. It's LeBron time. So I, I know, I mean, you're the biggest Le- LeBron fan that I know, um, have been for the last 10 years at least. And um, I know you think that he is way up there, you know, top two to three in the NBA, in NBA history. Um, how do you think your opinion is going to change? Like in all seriousness, do you, do you think it's going to, this championship would um, bump him any higher or is it really at the, you know, still at the very top with, with those couple of other guys? Okay. Yeah. So the caveat is I do think Michael Jordan being six and zero in the NBA finals, unblemished, undefeated, never even seen a game seven, Dominant both offensively and defensively, he has he is the greatest in terms of his nine years of of being at top. Like from whatever eighty eight to when he retired, right? But the thing with LeBron and and I know like our third member Mock doesn't put a lot of onus on it, but longevity to me is a huge thing. Being durable doing it every night, doing it every year. The fact that LeBron's in his prime for 15-plus years, to me, is extremely impressive. And the more you dive into each of the NBA Finals matchups, yes, that Dallas Mavericks series was a huge black mark and a huge blemish on his resume. 
But if you dive into the rest of them, I I feel like LeBron did more with what he was given than Jordan did. And yes, Jordan has six, and I, I give him all the credit in the world. That's my long-winded answer of saying this makes it more of a legitimate debate. Um, it's hard to debate when Jordan has six and LeBron only had three. But if you're doing four, potentially five, it you you become it becomes a, a serious discussion, and you can argue both sides. I feel like it's um it's almost unfair to to put pit them against each other now. And and obviously talking heads have to do that. Like that's you rank stuff, right? And you always need to have the definitive ranking in NBA history. But the eras are just so, so different now in just like the way that players condition and view the game. Like it's so different from the 90s than the 80s than anything else the competition is different um all the other factors you know the way the game is played everything is um you know completely upside down in terms of efficiency right like players are trying to shoot three-pointers all the time now instead of always trying to get close to the basket i i'm kind of interested i mean we're not old enough to know but like when when jordan was on his way up who was considered the goat uh, amongst these same media people and the writers was it magic at that time it was Kareem. It was was it Kareem or was it Bill Russell actually? It, Kareem held the goat title until until Michael won his first ship. But I I, I feel like I feel like there's there's different um there's different members of the media who would feel differently who who really value the winning and say like oh Bill Russell won eleven out of thirteen like he's he's the one and then there's the others that look at you know the broader picture and I think that's where Kareem really comes in. I feel like. I mean, we've talked about this before. Kareem is super underrated at this point. Um, but thinking of like the era and like what Kareem did versus what Jordan did versus what LeBron did, I mean, I, I feel like they're just all right there, um, and it's just not fair to compare anymore. Do you think? Do you think having a fourth title elevates him in any way? Does it change your perception of LeBron James and his legacy? I don't or, think my perception is changing. Um, it's it, just a notch in the belt. It's not a big deal. I, it's definitely a big deal and it's it's awesome but i don't think it is changing his standing as one of those top three and i i would not put him as the as the first but definitely up there either two or three um you know once his documentary comes out in 20 years then we'll talk about it or i mean we'll see like if, if he can get more that's that's a whole different story um it doesn't change anything for me what if he gets more but he's not the number one option anymore do they even count yeah. as titles for him you know those are yeah those are great questions i i mean that's a good question i i don't we can't have an answer yet right this is so hypothetical like how much of a role is it for him is he just playing 20 minutes a game or is he the number two guy if he is the number two and the greatest number two of all time at that point then it's a different story like if anthony davis starts carrying this team and lebron's right next to him and and winning more titles i, I would count those yeah i mean the the argument for jordan and you're right. Like it's hard to very, it's hard to compare different eras. It's it's more of like the goat of that era, the goat of that era, greatest of all time of that era. Um, and for me, like during Jordan's era, there was nobody else but Michael Jordan. There were other obviously great players, but maybe because Jordan was so great, it just diminished everyone else. With LeBron, I feel like there's just so many more great players during his era. I could be wrong, and it could be a recency bias, but I just think players of 2020 
bigger, stronger, faster, obviously, more skilled, um, just better basketball players than 30 years ago. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I, I think that the basketball players today would destroy basketball players from that day. But I think if you leveled the playing field for each, like relative to LeBron, there are a lot of great players. Relative to Jordan, there were a lot of really great players too. I think the same thing has happened where um, a lot of different guys won MVPs while LeBron could have. Same thing with Jordan, right? Like you got like Westbrook, Harden, Giannis, and then you have Barkley, Malone, Hakeem. Like there's all these other guys winning MVPs who are way up there too. So um, I, I just I can't compare anymore. It's it's too hard. But I think like thinking of eras is interesting. Like what what are the what is the time frame for Jordan where he was goat versus LeBron? And obviously there's a gap in between. Um, I don't know. What how would you break that down? To me, it would be like the '88 season when he had, you know, the slam dunk competition, the All Star Game Finals MVP. So, so 80, from that, '88 to '98, basically those ten years. Yeah, '88 is when he lost to Detroit two years in a row, but everyone already knew he was like the best player in NBA. Um, so before that was was Kareem slot. I mean, Magic owned probably those ten years. Probably Magic, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Kareem in total for the for you know '20 is probably a little better. The interview that I re- really remember was the 96 All-Star Game, and it was Dr. J. He interviewed Michael Jordan, and it was a really big deal, and I still remember it very well. It's his first All-Star Game back from retirement, and Michael Jordan basically asked, so who do you think is the greatest all- of all time? And Dr. Do- uh, Dr. J. Julius Irvin, he said, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, easy. He, was the- he entered the league two years after me. He left the... He entered the league two years before me, was already dominating, and then left the league two years after me and was still dominating. And the fact that the, the fact that he put it that way just like resonated in my head that, you know, longevity and being able to succeed for a long time is a big deal. Yeah, it's combination, right? Like it, it's not just longevity, right? It's not just Karl Malone, but it's dominating for, you know, the beginning and the end. That's the incredible thing about Kareem and also about LeBron, like there's he's outlasted everybody in in his class and pretty much in the classes after there's probably only one or two guys left like Iggy, JJ Redick, like yeah Chris Paul, Dwight. But yeah after that like there's nobody else and then 15 years pass and he's still up there. It's it's amazing. I, I would say yeah I think that 88 to 98 sounds about right for Jordan and then 98 probably to I don't know 08 2010 maybe um, that part is up for grabs. It could be a combination of Shaq or Kobe or Duncan. Um, and then and then you got LeBron for the last ten plus years, right? Yeah, at least. All right. Um, so the big question is, how much memorabilia are you going to buy after the championship? I'm so curious how many things you're going to buy. No, it's not. It's not going to be much. It's not going to be the same as if like um, the Mavs the team won it. Yeah. yeah. Before we before we move on to this, I, I do want to, I guess, nitpick a little bit. What do you think is Michael Jordan's greatest attribute? As a basketball player. As a basketball player? What is his greatest attribute? Like on court? I mean, it's competitiveness and, like, drive is, is number one. So it's not it's not a basketball thing. It, it's like the drive. It's yeah. his brain. Like, it's... Yeah. Sure. Okay. So what is what is LeBron's greatest basketball attribute? I think it's it's his brain as well. So, like, his basketball... Uh, understanding the game, like, knowing what to do in, in all times, yeah. Okay. Uh, but... The reason why I want to ask that is because these greatest of all times, it's not the physical aspect. 
You know, it's how they prepare. It's how they just think the game. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's both, right? Because there are so many talented, super skilled guys, and you work, you have to work so hard at it. So there's the skill, the natural skill. There is all the work that goes into it. There's the luck, and then there's that drive that you have and the motor to keep going, um, and the competitiveness and, and the will to do it. So there's, you have to combine all of those things. But I think like what sets people apart really is going to be that last aspect, aspect, the competitiveness, the will to keep yeah. going and to to keep driving. So. Um, so guess, yeah. As a LeBron fan, I just think it's amazing because to me, he's the best. His best like skill on the court is his passing ability. Passing. Yeah, it's gonna end up being the greatest score in the history of the game. Like I think, yeah, I don't think people realize he's a passer first, and he's yeah. gonna still end up being the greatest score. Yeah. Must make you so happy. You, you look so smug. It's so great. Um, hey, did you know I've been looking um, on eBay to try to buy some LeBron cards? Dang. They, they basketball are, are coming back. Dude, basketball cards are on fire right now. So the, I think like like Jordan rookies, obviously like the, the biggest basketball card. What's that? Is it only rookie cards? Um, no, it's not. I mean, everything is is on the upswing. But like Jordan rookies used to be, I don't know, few thousand bucks and it was like that's ridiculous but now it's tens of thousands they you know the collectors somehow have like unopened boxes of 86 fleer and they sell them for like hundreds of thousands of dollars because people are gonna get multiple jordans in them um but yeah i was just i was just looking at my collection and i was like what do like i wish i had you know some rookie cards of some great players because i have rookie cards of these guys in the 90s and the pretty much 90s players um and didn't really pick all the best guys but i have like kobe's and like kgs and um duncans and all that but really wish that i had like a lebron like something good like um and it's a different era because when you think of like the mid 90s there may be like 10 15 rookie cards of a guy when you go back to the 80s there's like one or two um so obviously price changes there so for lebrons there's like 50 different rookie cards um like official rookie cards but um you can either get them professionally graded where the price goes way up or not um, so let's assume that a card is not professionally graded. So it's just like a pretty good condition. It's like one of the most common LeBron cards. How much would you pay for it? Most common LeBron cards? Like, like the most common, crappiest LeBron rookie card that is not professionally graded and probably not in a great condition. I, I think uh, I think it. Wait, I think wait, it's wait. Less than you expect. For, I forget. Hey. Forget everything that I just told you, but what would you say before all of the stuff that I just gave you? Because I, I, I yeah. like five bucks. Sure. Ten five. maybe. Yeah, I mean they're like thirty, forty bucks easily. There, I, I have not found one that has sold for less than like forty bucks. And I'm like, why would I? Why would I do that? But I I'd rather guess, have. I rather have his shoes. Okay, so, so I'm also trying. My dream is to have. He's on LeBron 18s now. He just wore 18s last night. My dream is to have every iteration. Oh, okay. So you just want to buy the shoes? Yeah, I and, just want. And they're just—they're not available anymore, like the old ones. Is that the problem? Uh, yeah, I just gotta buy them. I gotta find people. Oh, that, man. Yeah. Um, so the other thing you can get that I was looking at too is like cards that have his jersey patch on them because it's like, oh yeah, those could be you know cheaper. They're, no, they're out there. It's triple digits, right? No, I mean, there's probably 20, 30 bucks, but like these are like not special. They're not like 
a certain year or anything. It's over the course of 18 years. Like they have tons of those made, tons of them distributed. I can't find a single one that I can get for less than like twenty dollars. What was the most expensive LeBron card you saw? Uh, I I didn't look. I, I don't remember the most expensive, but there were rookie cards in the four thousand range. What's that? You didn't filter it by most expensive. There were some in the in the four or five thousand dollar range, but I I don't know if that was the most expensive. Yeah. Well, okay. give me give me like one second here, and I will tell you. And you're just looking eBay. eBay highest price push shipping is three hundred fifty thousand dollars or best offer. But I mean, it's not going to sell for that much, right? So one more second. This is really important. Awesome podcasting. Sold items. Best LeBron sold item was one hundred fifty thousand dollars last uh, wow. in July. A That's couple. A- a couple in that range in August too. It's just a basketball card. Yeah, it's just a basketball card that is like um, his rookie refractor or like a rookie autograph. Hundred fifty thousand dollars. Jeez. It's only gonna go up too. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I I feel like those markets can go up and down. Like it could very easily crash. I I mean, the the Jordan stuff really took off at the last dance. I think even like weeks before it was way lower. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's riding that momentum right now. I know someone just bought a Mike Trout. He's a baseball player. Yeah. Uh, rookie card for over a million. That's incredible. Um, okay, so let's let's wrap this up with um, your prediction. Uh, game five is coming up on Friday. Uh, is the is a prediction needed? Is it for sure a wrap in your mind? I'm, I'm a very big conspiracy theorist, as you know. I knew it wasn't going to be a sweep. Because that means it would end Tuesday night. There's no way the NBA is going to end the finals on a Tuesday night. So game five is a Friday. Game six is a Sunday. Sunday. No way the NBA is going to compete with the NFL. So it's ending Friday night. Game five. Wow. All, all about the conspiracy. Okay. Um, for me, it, it all depends if, if Dragic is available. Um, just the way the Heat have played the past two games, like if they, I feel like if they had Dragic, yeah. I mean props to props to Miami. It's just like LeBron. LeBron is at this level where he he's like I don't know how to explain it, but it's like the least amount of energy used for just winning the game. Like in when you're younger and when LeBron was younger, especially like. He would come out firing, and he would yeah. jumping out of the gym, endless energy, and they would blow the teams out. Now he's like, "What can I do where you know we just barely win?" I don't. I mean, so the big thing, and this is a weird scheduling um, caveat, but they get an extra day for some reason, and yeah. sure, that's gonna help guys like Bam and Goran to get back. But to me, it's going to help LeBron more than anyone because it gives 35-year-old LeBron another day of rest. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear why there's an extra day. It's Thursday night football, like you just said. Um, it, it definitely helps LeBron a lot. Uh, I, I do I do think that, um, you know, if the Heat can get one more playmaker like Dragic, I, they could definitely take it to a game six. Um, but I don't know. Like, LeBron, uh, he, he definitely um, picks his spots now, right? And... He is not as, you know, going balls to the wall as fast as possible and, and doing everything at once. But he's also not played that well in in, in big stretches of games three and four, like six, eight turnovers in game three, like six turnovers in game four. It's not great. Nowhere to be found uh, last night in game four until the end. Um, but yeah, I was, second half, yeah. One, I would say one thing that 
um, it might get overlooked, but LeBron's actually trying on defense. He didn't he try All season, like, he has. three years in Cleveland, and yeah. then he didn't try last year on the Lakers. But this year, like you said, all year, but these playoffs, like he's taking it on like Jamal Murray one-on-one. He's doing Bam, Jimmy Butler, like whoever is hot, he's he's trying to guard him. And, and yeah. the, the good thing, or I wouldn't say the good thing, but the impressive thing about that is that means you're going to be prone to like get owned. You know, you're going to take a lot of L's if you're going to defend a lot of the great players. Yeah. And he just shakes it off and continues to defend them, which is not yeah. what LeBron was in the past. LeBron in the past was all about, you know, perception. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to take this L. Nowadays, he just does it. And I, lo- I love this old age, old head LeBron. Man, that hair. Um I, I, that's definitely something that we should have covered, which is the defense of the Lakers. I mean, beyond all the X factors, just the fact that they're playing such great team defense. Obviously, you have Anthony Davis, who is incredible, and then LeBron is playing so hard. But, like, all their guys are running all over the floor. When you have a team like Miami, which is so great with its movement, with its cutting, with, um, you know, multiple guys who can shoot, and they just... I mean, the, the Lakers' defense is everywhere. It's incredible. And I, I was worried that they didn't have enough wings to defend guys like... Hero or Butler or Dragic, um, but you know KCP has been up to the challenge. Caruso and Rondo, like we said, they've been everywhere. Um, and so yeah, I, I mean if the Lakers win, definitely props to them, and and they deserve everything from the bubble victory. When they win. Okay, well, let's wrap this up uh, with our last sponsor, and that's D Shaw, Derek Shaw at Farmers Insurance. Um, don't be caught unprepared if you have a um, an emergency, uh, whether that's a flood, a hurricane, a car accident. Make sure to get um, all the coverage you need for you and your family so you can get a home, a life, or an auto insurance quote today from DShaw. His phone number is 214-729-6462. You can get discounts uh, for various occupations, and you can get an even bigger discount if you mention Six Pennies Podcast. Uh, once again, that's Derek Shaw with Farmers Insurance. His phone number is 214-729-6462. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on Six Pennies Podcast, and we'll be back next time to probably just talk about how great LeBron is again, huh? Yeah. Are you ready for that one? All right. Thanks for listening. 